You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Hopefully always entertaining and informative. Oh, and of course, always free. You're tuned into tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. And this is the broadcast for the weekend of Friday, February 11th, 2022. Always using the Friday dates. And the reason we let you know that is if you want to go back and hear a particular call or our answer or particular tech news or anything in particular... In this case, you know to visit us at intotomorrow.com and look for the show for the weekend of Friday, February 11th. In this case, hour one. During our 27th year on the air, we are back in our Miami studios after four weeks of Consumer Electronics Show. They don't want us to call it that, but come on, we all know that's what it is. CES coverage. We hope you didn't miss any of it, including all the videos of all the cool products that we were able to cover that were introduced during CES. We had a bunch, a plethora, you might say. Yeah. A variety of videos. Right. And we hope everyone has a chance. If you missed any of them, be sure to visit us at intotomorrow.com. Click on the link that shows you CES 2022 coverage and check out all the cool interviews. Hopefully there's a bunch of stuff in there that you're curious about, interested in, and maybe will be first on your block to have. Some of the items are available now, others soon. But either way, we try not to tease you with vaporware or stuff that's not going to come out for a couple of years. We try to avoid those things. You know, As you get closer to an actual product, let us know. We'll let our audience know. So we had a couple of those, but we deal with them. Yeah. Meantime, some tech news and commentary, and then we get back to your calls. We've been gathering a whole bunch of them during our CES coverage, but that shouldn't stop you. If you've got a question, a comment, a concern about anything involving consumer tech, or you want to share some tech rage or your favorite apps these days and why, whatever the case, help for another listener, man, we love those calls, then do participate. Chris is about to tell you. I can see it. He's got bated breath. Maybe just bad breath. But it's some kind of breath just waiting to tell you how you can participate anytime, 24-7. Ready? Go. 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686 on the old telephone. Or it could be your new phone. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could uh, use the app. There's a message studio button. You can send a message to us right from there. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Just match that message to studio button. But... Nay, you forgot the third very popular way these days that folks participate. Oh, yeah, that little Ask Dave button on the – see, I had to stress the K. Yeah. Um, Intotomorrow.com, the microphone says Ask Dave. Click it. On the right-hand side of your browser, sometimes on the lower right, but you can't miss it. Even as you scroll, it's still there. Little red microphone says Ask Dave. And you can do that anytime at your leisure, yes? Yeah. Very good. 
So a little uh, tech company had some little announcements or something earlier this week. Well, would that be that little tech company known as Samsung? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, nothing big. Well, some announcements about (laughs) new products, of course, and they claim that they're going to use material from recycled ocean plastics, including discarded fishing nets. They say the effort will begin with the Galaxy S22 phones, but it smells a little fishy to me. Uh, I see what you did there. (laughs) The S22, isn't that what was supposed to be the Note 21? Yes, I do believe so. And, of course, I've had the Note 20 since it came out. And I'm thinking, well, I'm safe. I'm fine. Now, you know, they're going to want to make me get a, well, it was going to be a Note 21. But now it's going to be the S22 Ultra. It's the new Galaxy Note with, they say, an even better response time at 9 milliseconds for the S Pen stylus. Anytime I've timed my S Pen, it hadn't taken about that long. But who cared? Uh, camera hardware similar to the previous model, meaning mine, 108 megapixel main camera, three times and ten times telephoto camera, and an ultra wide device. It can fast charge using 45 watts. Yeah, but how much is that uh, that their phone? <laughs> Funny you should ask. <laughs> Starting at only 128 gigabytes, <laughs> it's $1,200. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So ask me, am I going to run out and get that to replace my perfectly fine Note 20? Are you going to run out and get it to replace your perfectly fine Note 20? Funny you should ask. No. <laughs> Not going to happen. You can replace it with an iPhone. Yeah. So yeah. now they have the Galaxy S22 and S22 Plus. Yeah, now these, they say, look, or they say they, uh, they look very similar to the outgoing Galaxy S21 models, but they've got some new matching colors for the camera bump and body instead of contrasting colors for, oh. for those people that are kind of OCD like me and like things to match. Yeah. <laughs> um, now they also have the addition of Gorilla Glass Victus Plus on both the front and back instead of the, the cheap plasticky kind of glass that they had in the previous base models. Hmm. Now the Galaxy S2 starts in at a budget $799. Nine ninety nine. You might as well say eight hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. okay. and the plus version you can get for about a thousand. Nice. Yeah, we'll have more if you care. More Samsung news from their big question mark event <laughs> that took place this past week. Meantime, other things to share with you. You may have heard about this. SpaceX reported that forty of the forty nine Starlink satellites that it launched to low Earth orbit on February third are now doomed. To burn up and re-entry because of a geomagnetic storm. Oops. Yeah. Such storms are disturbances in Earth's magnetic field caused by activity on the sun. The satellites were part of SpaceX's grand plan to launch thousands of Starlink satellites for global Internet access. Each of these 40 Starlink satellites is over 10 feet by 5 feet and weighs 573 pounds. Some of the doomed satellites will be re-entering the atmosphere over the next few days. And although it's still uncertain exactly where and when they'll all come back crashing into Earth, just in case, keep looking up. Of course, Elon Musk has always said that they learn by their failures, but not sure what, if anything, they could do about activity caused by the sun. But they just launched 49 of these a week or two ago, and 40 of them are coming crashing. Well, they're going to burn up before they hit Earth. But yeah, Are we sure it's not because of the cats that have been in the, di- the satellite dishes that we talked about last week? It could be. Although those are different kind of satellite dishes. Yeah. Well, they're their satellite dishes yeah. because of their warming plate 
they have in it. But no, I don't think the cats had anything to do with it. Is it sent up a less than perfect signal? Oh, boy. We're in trouble. So uh, if there was ever a time uh, when you said to someone, tell me you have too much money without telling me you have too much money, this next story is it. You know, I've never said that to anyone. (laughs) Jeff Bezos is having a 417-foot-long, $500 million super yacht built in uh, Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Yeah. That's not what makes news here. Oh, uh, I mean, which, as if that's not enough? Yeah, I mean, rich okay. snobs buy overpriced toys all the time. Yeah. The part that makes this story interesting is that once the vessel is completed, it'll be too tall to pass under one of Rotterdam's historic bridges. Wait, nobody thought of this? Yeah. While they're building the ship and having to get it out of there? Yeah. Well, while many would assume the usual fix would be to sail the vessel out unfinished and top it off at another shipyard, which happens all the time. Yeah. But Bezos would have nothing of that. He convinced city officials to let him pay to have the bridge partially dismantled so that his half-a-billion-dollar toy can sail underneath once it's finished, where he will then pay to have the bridge put back together. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a good point. More money than he needs and ridiculous spending. Now, the bridge was built in 1878 and was rebuilt after being bombed by the Germans during World War II. Locals are not happy with the council's decision because it had renovated the iconic bridge in 2017 and at the time promised that it would never again dismantle it. Oh, until so, Jeff Bozo comes along and yeah, says, no, hey, no, I got money. How yeah. much you want? So, right. so dismantle another, it. So now they're breaking that promise. So oh. residents have vowed to throw eggs at the super yacht as it passes through if the plan goes forward. <laughs> Love that idea. Love that. I've, book me on a flight to Rotterdam. I want to help them. That's amazing. So they're going to line the the bank of this river, and they're going to throw eggs at his super yacht, half a billion dollar new super yacht, because they're not pleased with him flaunting his money and dismantling their bridge. Now, because what kind of of disruption is that going to be? I'm sure it's not going to be a few hours. It's going to be several days, a week. Who knows? Oh, my God. What a clown. Uh Uh-huh. Even though he has enough money to buy me and and throw me to the sun. (laughs) And also, you know, Mr. Bezos, on behalf of uh, Amazon customers everywhere, you're welcome for your super yacht. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, because you prime suckers (laughs) bought it for him like everything else. Uh Like his, you know, six-minute trips to the edge of space. As he even said, thanks to all of our Amazon customers, because they paid for it, it, wonderful. Uh And you know, I keep reading more and more lately about Amazon is not the cheapest for most items. Yeah, I've I've learned that recently. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So there's something else to keep in mind. Uh Oh, boy. 110,000 plus people have ordered the new Chevy Silverado pickup EV but not even being built, get this, for at least another year. I guess that's more people that have more money than they know what to yeah, do Yeah, probably. Yeah. Of course, the tax breaks are paid for by all of us. You're welcome. So, so I, yeah, exactly. So I figure we should all be allowed to drive one. Because that's, our, that's a good idea. Our taxes are paying with the tax breaks for everyone who's going to buy these 110,000-plus people who already placed an order are getting a tax break that we paid for. I think we should make them almost be like Uber drivers occasionally, at no cost to the rest of us yeah. taxpayers, and say, I need a stove moved. I need a refrigerator picked up. I, you know, and, and you have a pickup truck. My tax dollars paid for that yeah. pickup truck. And, so 
it's your turn to help me out. What well, do you think? Yeah. Well, that's exactly why I don't have a pickup truck anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had a bumper sticker that I wanted to get when I had a pickup truck You know, that said, yes, this is my pickup truck. No, I will not help you move. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did have that issue, of course. Yeah. Not just with me, although once or twice it was like, hey, Chris, I need your help with your truck. Yeah. But with a bunch of friends and family and everybody uses a pickup truck. Uh-huh. So, but But everyone else didn't help pay for it except me. With your pickup truck, including I'll give you money for gas. But in this case, come on, that's not fair. We're paying for it. At least a big chunk of it with your tax break. I know that some of the 110,000 people listening said, yeah, and, well, and you need to help me out when I need a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. It'll just be for a day or so. Yeah. (laughs) North Korea attacked a U.S. hacker. So he shut down the whole country's Internet. (laughs) which is not saying much since they have no more than a few dozen websites largely aimed at distributing state propaganda to an international audience, but he did manage to do it. According to Wired, a U.S. hacker known by his alias P4X claimed responsibility for shutting down the Internet in all of North Korea. Too bad he can't shut down the missile tests. Now, see, that would have been more of an accomplishment than shutting down websites that nobody sees. Mm-hmm. But that's a start. Yeah. So good luck to him. So speaking of going back to your story about uh, stuff coming crashing down from space. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of that going on. Yeah. NASA is moving forward with its plans to take the International Space Station out of orbit in 2031 and crash it into the Pacific Ocean. What? I thought that was a perfectly good space station. So apparently it is right now. Uh, but NASA explained in the report that the ISS will continue operating through 2030 in order to maintain a U.S. presence in space until private industry operators develop commercial replacements. The report explains how NASA will retire the decades-old space station, which is regularly recording technical issues and developing cracks and leaks. Uh, when, it, when its time comes, ISS Mission Control will maneuver the space station, quote, to line up the final target ground track and debris footprint over the South Pacific Oceanic Uninhabited Area. Whew. ISS operators will perform the ISS re-entry burn, providing the final push to lower ISS as much as possible and ensure safe atmospheric entry. Wow. I, why can't they just keep it working? You know, they're adding stuff to it all the time and repairing things, or, or has it got to a point where it's just outlived its useful life it's, and it's, everything it's, going private? The NASA figures we shouldn't put any more money in it, so crash it into the ocean. Yeah. It'll be one heck of a reef. Uh, it would be. Well, if I was a diver, I'd make plans to dive wherever it ends up, although it's probably going to be really, really deep because it's the deepest part of the Pacific, right? Yeah. And apparently, I guess they're aiming for the, the largest expanse of uninhabited areas so that well, I hope. their chance of hitting land is as, as little as possible. What about the boats out there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they'll warn the shipping channels. Probably. To avoid this particular area of the Pacific Ocean. Because if not, that could be something falling on your head. Yeah. Gotcha. Facebook parent Meta startled investors with a sharper-than-expected decline in profits. And a rather gloomy outlook in its first earnings report since Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg outlined a pivot to the metaverse. Facebook's global daily active users declined from the previous quarter for the first time to only 1.92 billion users from 1.930 billion I feel so sorry. Well, you know, and stay tuned next hour because I'm going to have a story about how they may uh, – they've said they may have to shut down in, the, in Europe. 
Oh. Facebook and Instagram. So well, we'll see. You got my attention there, so <laughs> next hour you're going to share that with us. Meta said that it faced hits from Apple's privacy changes to its operating system, which have made it harder for brands to target and measure their ads on Facebook and Instagram. Again, aw, poor mm-hmm. Zuck. What on earth is he going to do? <laughs> I think that's... That's just terrible. So deal with your nearly 2 billion daily users and be happy with that. Yeah. But of course not. Never happy with that. Jeff in St. Cloud, Minnesota, participating with the free Into Tomorrow app. And we love you for that. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. Really enjoy listening to your show. Wonderful system that you guys have set up for helping people. Thank you. And I'm looking for a Wi-Fi system for my house. It's a 3600 square foot three-story house my wi-fi system that i have now doesn't always pick up in all the corners properly and i'm just looking for something whatever's the best out there to uh help out with a house of this size i would appreciate any help you can give me well jeff it'll be our pleasure to help you as much as we can 3600 square feet is probably too much for a single router to handle reliably, we think, your best option is to buy a mesh system. Mesh systems consist of several different devices that you place in different parts of your house to get that full coverage. Now, each component is an individual access point, but the system works as a single Wi-Fi network, so you don't have to worry about switching networks depending on which part of the house you may be in. You just connect to one, and the mesh network hands off the connection to the components with the best signal in the background. Yeah, now there are several systems you can look into. Google's Nest Wi-Fi system is probably about as cheap as they get. A three-point system will cost you about 350 bucks. Uh, an Eero 3-pack will cost you considerably more. Think around 600 uh, A Netgear Orbi with Wi-Fi 6 support will add another digit. But uh, we use the Netgear Orbi around our studios. Yes. And we've not had any problem, knock on wood. I'm hitting my forehead. Uh, and the Orbi has worked well for us, just yeah. as an example. But, yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah, no, no matter which system you choose, you can always add more access points as you go. So you may be able to start out with a two-point system and see if that happens to work for you. But given the size of your home, it's likely that you'll need at least three access points. Yeah, think in terms of uh, one for each floor, at least, and that's how it'll work. Let us know, Jeff, what you end up with and how it works for you. Meantime, let's meet at intotomorrow.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. 
Hey, don't forget, since we're back in our Miami studios with, air quotes, regular shows, we need to hear from you because you make the show when you participate. Welcome back Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Check them out if you're looking to start a podcast. Visit B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Com. It's blueberry without the ease. Yes. Easy way to remember. And stay tuned, because coming up in just a few moments, right after this next break, uh, Dave will be chatting with Nancy Kerrigan, the American figure skater. Uh, she's with us representing Dolphin Entertainment, talking about an NFT digital collectible program that brings together the worlds of comic book heroes and groundbreaking athletes. It's really fascinating what they're doing. And I didn't realize until we interviewed her, and you'll hear it, uh, that she's got a Marvel person that designed her nft so there's some even additional fun background you want to stay tuned for that speaking of staying tuned when you visit us at intotomorrow.com we hope that you'll put your email address only in the little box that pops up so that you too can receive our free once a week tech newsletter if you don't already and it's very easy. We don't share your email address with anyone, and we don't spam you either. Speaking of which, don't forget to check your spam filters, especially if you haven't seen our tech newsletter in a while, or you're wondering why you haven't heard from some family that you haven't heard from. That might be in your spam filter. Check us out at intotomorrow.com. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline in our 27th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, including products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. And of course, you make the show. So we want to hear from you. Perhaps you have any questions about any of our guests on the show. You want more info, whatever the case. Maybe you just want to share some tech rage with us. That's fine, too. Join us anytime, 24-7. You can call toll-free 800-899-INTO. You can use the free Into Tomorrow app. Just mash that message to studio button. Or the fastest, coolest, fun way that folks are joining us these days, visiting us at intotomorrow.com and hit the Ask Dave microphone button that you can't miss it. It's right there. Many eyes of the sports world, of course, focusing on Beijing for the Winter Games. Dolphin Entertainment announced the availability of a new NFT. You've heard us talking about non-fungible tokens before. Of course, digital collectible programs that bring together the worlds of comic book heroes and groundbreaking athletes. Here to tell us more is one of those groundbreaking athletes who represented the U.S. at the 1992 and 1994 Winter Olympic Games. She's a two-time Olympic medalist, American figure skater Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? Thanks, Dave. I'm doing well. Thanks. Glad to be part of the show. 
Glad to have you with us as well. Of course, Beijing marking the 30th year anniversary of your bronze medal performance at the 92 Winter Games. So again, congrats. And a lot has happened since then. Thanks. It sure has. I mean, it's amazing how time flies, because if I remember back, it just, you know, I have such great memories about those Olympics. And my favorite thing still looking back is marching in those opening ceremonies amongst these other great athletes that representing the United States, marching behind that American flag and being a part of something that's so much bigger than me being on the ice alone and being in that moment um with all these the greatest of the great you know in their in their perspective sports is it was such an amazing moment and and such an honor for me i'm so glad to hear you say that too very patriotic feeling and and like we're with you when you're doing that sort of thing not only during your performance but of course as you're marching with the fellow u.s athletes it's like it's such a a nice warm and cozy if you will feeling is it not oh it is so fun it's almost like an overwhelming feeling to be amongst them like i don't know you it's so much bigger than just yourself and it's so such an amazing thing to be part of and to think wow i'm one of these the the best you know being here being on this team and it's especially coming from a not a team sport um Though nobody gets to the top by themselves and it does take a team, Um, parents, coaches, friends, you know, everybody who helps you get there, doctors, therapists, physical therapists, like anybody who helps you get there. And it's no, there's no shaming asking for help either, you know, because it does take a lot of people. And um, I think we all do better when we work together as a team, uh, even if you're out there alone. So um, it's, and remember that why do you keep going? Like, think about a sport is fun, but it becomes a lot of work. And so we keep getting up, keep trying. I mean, phys- literally in skating, you fall, you get up, you fall, you get up thousands mm-hmm. of times. And it just, it's a great lesson in life. And um, if you can remember why you keep going, that you loved it, that you do love it, I think it makes it a lot easier and you can perform even better. And, of course, Nancy, you're into something even more exciting as well these days when we talk about NFTs. How do you describe to people, and even for our audience who may not yet know, what is an NFT? And then let's get involved in what it is that you're doing with it. Well, it is. It's so different. um, And it's something I'm still learning all about because it's new. And so to be part of something that's current and new and, like, I don't know. It's almost to me in some ways, it seems futuristic, except it's here. It's now. And it's um, digital artwork. And it's, you know, everything's gone digital and um, artwork's no exception. And so dolphinnfts.com, you can go there and find out more about it. But these NFTs are like, basically... It's like a trading card and you can buy them in packs and then um, collect different packs of them. And the pack I'm in is amongst these great athletes that are competing now. John Schuster is competing for curling for Team USA. And earlier I watched Team USA um, play Finland in female hockey. Um, Hillary Knight was there and Kendall Coyne Schofield, uh, who's the captain. And to be on in the collection with these current athletes it's huge honor for me um and i mean it's it's amazing so and to be depicted by an actual marvel artist 
is really amazing and an honor. My oldest son already posted like my mom's a superhero and posted the picture. And so I, that was pretty cool. Um, so, to, to be seen like this and by someone such an amazing artist, cause we're huge, um, fans of Marvel. So it's, it's, pretty awesome so from nancy from winning bronze to of course being at the forefront of these nfts now uh, not only is it exciting but i didn't realize that it was a marvel artist that actually depicted you in this nft that's even more exciting it is more exciting because we're we're you know it's if you look at it it looks like a marvel character i mean yeah. they're they're amazing the artwork is really beautifully done and they asked all kinds of questions so they would know like how to create you and um green is my favorite color so mm -hmm. that's why i have green but um yeah it's it's amazing my son's a, a costume designer and he works with someone who's done work with marvel and is designing and so i showed him the picture and um it's you know they're he got, I got the approvals. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. So it's, it just, it's, it's awesome to be part of something so new and so current. And um, it's taken a while for me to kind of figure it out a little bit because it's just different. I mean, I've been doing shows. I'm very, very fortunate in my sport. We have such an afterlife of performance and um, you know, people wait afterwards to get me to sign the trading cards that I've had tops trading cards since, I don't know, to, um, 1994 so and they're still asking me to sign these so many years later and which is amazing to me um but so to now be a part of a new type of trading card is it's it's awesome yeah i like the trading card example but how do you sign an nft well i <laughs> i've been asking that too um so i think there'll be some that are already signed and so there's like a contest to try and win those specific ones um that some will have already been signed gotcha but but otherwise i'm yeah i don't know people won't be standing backstage with a digital <laughs> sign. i don't know um yeah that's it's different well so. they can still get you to sign an autograph picture perhaps so maybe there's that involved have you had a chance to view some of the others as dolphin nfts as well I have um, seen a couple, and my daughter was just trying to show me some of them before she left. But um, yeah, they look—they are amazing, and it looks like we're going to be in some movie or superhero movie or something. Nice. It's it's cool. And I they, understand they look amazing. Of course, and, and I'm looking at your NFT as well in the green, and it does look very cool. Yeah, but they they do come in packs. So if you check them out, check all the different packs out. You can collect all different ones, and I think it's something really cool that people will really enjoy having. Ah, well, we've enjoyed oh. having you on the show as well. It sounds interesting. You're clearly excited about it as well. You should be. And <laughs> uh, and good luck to you guys. And, and of course, we're happy to promote Dolphin NFTs as in NFTs, right? DolphinNFTs.com for fanatics, filmaholics, foodies, and more. Find <laughs> your fandom. Nancy Kerrigan, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us on Into Tomorrow. Thank you so much, Dave. It's our pleasure. We're back with much more. And, of course, DolphinNFTs.com. We'll get you there when you visit IntoTomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline, bringing you further Into Tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network.
If you don't have final expense insurance, this message is for you. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to help cover final expenses, medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance, available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. Call LifeCare at 800-956-0683. We want to hear from you, not just because we came back with a lot of very cool prizes. Stay tuned. We're going to tell you among the things we have for you. When you participate, we came back from CES with a bunch of cool giveaways, but because we want to hear you and that your participation really makes the show. And we appreciate that. This is Into Tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. This week, back in 1849, Dave Graveline was there when the first photograph of a U.S. Not pre- true. Okay. The first photograph of a U.S. president was taken by Matthew Brady in New York City. The subject of the famous photo was the 11th president of the U.S., James Polk. Wow. In 1876, Alexander Graham Bell applied for a patent for the telephone, the same day that Elisha Gray does, uh, though many believe Bell beat Gray to the patent office by a few hours. Several controversies last to this day about who should get credit for inventing the telephone. There's also accusations of fraud and theft. It's actually Very a really, googly moogly. really cool story. If you want to read some interesting stuff, look up the, the fight over the telephone patent. In 1990 this week, the Voyager 1 spacecraft took the photograph of planet Earth that later became known as Pale Blue Dot. Voyager 1, which had completed its primary mission and was leaving the solar system, was commanded by NASA to turn its camera around and take one last photograph of Earth across a great expanse of space at the request of astronomer and author Carl Sagan. Was it as good for you as it was for me? And it's funny because in the, in the photo you see these, you know, like sun rays or whatever, and the Earth is literally, it looks it's about, about the size of a pixel Wow! in this photo. <laughs> How did we even know it was Earth? Exactly. Could have just been a piece of dust. Uh, yep. In 2005 this week, originally intended as a video dating site, YouTube was launched by a group of college students, eventually becoming the largest video sharing website in the world. A little side note, just a year after its founding, YouTube was sold to Google for more than $1.6 billion. It was originally going to be a dating service. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is why they hadn't originally launched it on Valentine's Day in oh, 2005. How about that? Yeah. Which, of course, this is Valentine's Day weekend. Yes. So... Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Or Singles Awareness Day. Singles Awareness Day. (laughs) Well, that's what most of us celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. And this week in 2008, Toshiba Corporation said that it was giving up on its HD DVD format for high-definition video, conceding defeat to the competing Blu-ray technology backed by Sony. It's alive! Nowadays, you're hard-pressed to even find Blu-ray discs or players still around. Most people are now streaming their content. 
That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. I will do just that. Let's head over to Ridgecrest, California, because Cutis listens online. Welcome into tomorrow. Dave, what I'd like to hear you from you is a sort of how can you contrast the collapse Omdex? I know CES was, I think, just money. But the current problems at CES hopefully are only only COVID. And what do you think are the chances that CES can recover? Well, that's an interesting question, Kudis. I have to tell you, for our listeners who might not know, Comdex was another huge show. This was a computer convention held in Las Vegas every year from the late 70s until 2003. For many years, it was the big daddy, if you will, with many people feeling that it was more important to the industry, much more important than CES. We even broadcast our show from there a few times, the first several years that we were on the air. And we've been on for 27 years. So, yeah, we were around during Comdex. Yeah, and around 1999 or 2000, major companies like Apple, IBM, and Compaq began pulling out of Comdex to hold their own corporate events. Gee, much like what they've done with CES. Yeah. They hold their own events. Yeah, and ah. that's, of course, a trend that, that continues today. Yeah. Uh, that combined with the changes that organizers made that allowed bloggers and anyone who considered themselves legitimate media to attend. That kind of started the downward spiral. Now, the show went from 2,500 exhibitors and 225,000 attendees at its peak to just 500 exhibitors and 40,000 attendees its final year in 2003. Ironically, that's about the attendance we saw this uh, year at CES, if that even. Yeah, they were claiming 40,000, but no, no way. Uh, I would assume that CES would have rebounded better if there hadn't been, of course, a new COVID variant making the rounds at the same time, and that it will rebound better next year. Now, having said that, They didn't put on a show for two years, basically, and no one really missed them. So the show may have proven itself to be less useful and necessary than CTA would like it to be. And that's just, it's our opinion, but it's true. We were there in person last month when far fewer people were. We got great interviews, four weeks worth which is more interviews than we had ever come back with before. But that's because there were no lines, no waiting, no problem going up to people at a booth that had nothing to do, but they were sitting down with a look on their face. Someone, please ask me a question or say hi. And hi, you know, we show up with our camera and microphones and they jump up and, oh, I'm just delighted to see someone. (laughs) So we were able to do a lot of interviews. But yeah, when we say that we wonder if CES is going to implode like Comdex did, that's why, what we just said. Mm -hmm. So who knows? We shall see. I mean, there's still a lot to be said about in-person networking and being able to to shake hands or at least bump fists or elbows or (laughs) whatever the case. But the sad part, last two years, virtually there wasn't a CES, and nobody cared. Nobody missed it. What do you think? Let us know at 800-899-INTO and visit us at intotomorrow.com.
During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 1-800-781-6764. That's 1-800-781-6764. 1-800-781-6764. United we stand. 1-800-781-6764. Into Tomorrow reminds you often and regularly, don't forget to back up your important data. Anything that you never want to lose, make copies of. And preferably store an additional copy off-premise somewhere, grandma's house, uh, whatever the case. And, of course, check your spam filters regularly. You may be surprised what you've missed in emails. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Don't forget, you can hear Into Tomorrow 24-7 on our website and in our free app. Woohoo! We stream the last several weeks of Into Tomorrow nonstop with the help of our friends at StreamGuys.com. Robert in Miami, Florida listens online. Hey, Robert. I just wanted to give you a big thank you for that Christmas gift of the wireless earbuds. I've always wanted those, and finally, now I have them. I'm going to be using them at work on a daily basis, so I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome. We hope you also use them to listen to us online. Download our free podcasts and enjoy. James in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, also listens online. Hey, James. I finally got a PS5. I'm trying to figure out what kind of SSD memory expansion I should get for it. Do you have any recommendations? We always have recommendations. Whether they're good or not, eh, who knows. But Sony narrowed down your options as to what you can even consider. Only NVMe PCIe 4.0 drives are compatible with the PS5's extension port. Now, those drives come in different form factors, so you'll need to make sure you buy one that fits the expansion slot. That shouldn't be too hard since the form factors are relatively standard, but some will not fit perfectly, so be careful. Yeah, now since this is a console, a heat sink wouldn't be the worst thing to have, so you can look at drives with them uh, built in, like the Western Digital Black 850 which at $140 for a terabyte won't cost you much more than other compatible drives. Wow. Um, now, steer clear of anything with less than 5,500 megabits per second write speed. Those just won't work with the PS5. There you go. Well, I hope that helps you out, James. And again, if you need the details, they are in our show notes when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. And just look for the show for Valentine's weekend, February 11th, 2022, hour one, your call. And our answer, the show notes are all there for you again at intotomorrow.com. 